the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the second hour of the George Show. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George once again. George Brockler, that is. Here on News Talk 710 KNUS. He's a little under the weather still, but I'm glad to be here in the saddle for you. Of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger Show Saturday mornings from 6 to 9 right here on 710-KNUS. Coming up a little later on in the program, fallout from yesterday morning's big Federal Aviation Administration issue that shut down, issues the putting it very mildly, that shut down all domestic airline traffic for hours. What is the fallout? What does it mean? What could it spell for Pete Buttigieg, the former South Bend, Indiana mayor, turned presidential candidate, turned Secretary of Transportation in the Biden administration? We'll get to that coming up later on in the program. Right now here in Colorado, we are faced with a slew of new fees going into effect on a range of things from plastic bags for crying out loud, which have you realized how many uses you actually get out of plastic bags that it's been on my mind the past couple of weeks ever since the 10 cent per bag tax fee really a tax went into effect. And I've been like, OK, these are. These bags are very useful in so many different ways. You've got the tax on Uber and Lyft drivers, on Amazon packages, on deliveries from DoorDash and Grubhub, and the list goes on. All these different taxes that have been going on, particularly at the state level or under the guise of fees. But what if I told you that the third largest city in the state of Colorado just had its city council vote to repeal a tax, a head tax on workers in Aurora, something known as the occupational privilege tax. Well, you better believe it because it's absolutely true. And in fact, the tie-breaking vote to make this happen was cast by the mayor of Aurora, Mayor Mike Kaufman, who's kind enough to rejoin us on the program this morning. Mr. Mayor, Happy New Year and welcome back. It's good to talk with you. Hey, Jimmy. Great to be with you. Great to have you. So first of all, before we get to the specifics of this tax, I want to get to a little bit of background of yourself because folks know you as former congressman, former secretary of state and treasurer. You were in the state legislature, but you come from a small business background. Yeah, my in the city of Aurora, I'm, I'm, um, well, my legacy is kind of military and small business. Right. My father was retired Army. Then he went into business. Uh, uh, I served in the military, and, and I went into small business in Aurora. And so, you know, I really understand the challenges of small business and uh, that, if, that if you want to grow the economy, you better have some pro-growth policies to help small businesses out. 
So this came up for a vote on Monday in the city council meeting. It was a tie vote of five to five. You cast the tie-breaking vote. It was five to five. You cast that tie-breaking vote. What is the tax that you voted to repeal and why? Well, it's called the the, um, Occupational Privilege Tax, or OPT, that essentially says it is a privilege for you to work in this city, and so you are going to pay a tax for that privilege. And I think if you want to, if your goal is to create jobs, I, I don't understand why you want to tax them. If you want less of something, you put a tax on it. And so uh, this will be, I mean, there's so much hand-wringing that's going on about this. This is um, this is essentially $6 million out of a, a, a budget that's over a billion dollars. Uh, and so open, and it doesn't, it, it gives staff, it gives the budgeters plenty of time to to figure out where these cuts are going to come from, or or simply growing the government less given the growth in revenues. So that will be. It doesn't take effect until January of two of twenty twenty five. So it gives uh, plenty of time uh, to move forward. It was it was initially proposed by um, uh, Daniel Jarinski, Council Member Daniel Jarinski, uh, put it forward a small business owner herself in the city of Aurora, and so. Uh, really proud to, to have this. And so, it, I mean, it, it, there is a, a, a mechanism whereby if, if it, um, you know, if revenues don't come in, uh, uh, council can always reconsider it. Um, obviously, my hope, my belief is they will come in. Uh, we did uh, specify if, in fact, the revenues aren't there, we need to cut the spending. Where that, where that will come from, then it will not come from public safety. Then it will not come from transportation-related uh, spending. Then it will come from other areas uh, of the government, you know, given some discretion to the bureaucrats to make those cuts. So I, I think that this is the right move, and, and, I, and it's amazing the opposition to this is that it's sort of it's this is the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't understand why anybody wouldn't be in favor of repealing this. As Durinsky is quoted as saying, it's essentially a head tax on businesses and workers in Aurora. And it, it I, I always have been entertained by the idea Aurora, Denver, you name it. When there's an occupational privilege tax, it's somehow a privilege to be. Uh, running a company, it's actually more a pri- in a particular city. It's actually, I think, more a privilege for a city like Aurora to host some great businesses like Aurora has right now and continues to develop in a very fast-growing city. Mayor Kaufman, sure, absolutely. And you think about it, it, it sounds de minimis. Four dollars a month for, uh, I'm sorry, two dollars a month for an employee, two dollars a month for an employer. But uh, what you have to also understand is people work multiple jobs these days. But there's a lot of people that work multiple jobs and gives them a, a full-time plus income. And each job actually will be taxed. So it's not like you just pay it once. If you, if, if, uh, and if, and it's just two, it's just anything above $250 of gross income. Uh, you know, so you've got, you know, teenagers paying, paying this tax. You've got people working multiple jobs, paying this tax multiple times. And, and the, you know, administrative burden of, of businesses having to comply with it. So I, I, it's just a, it's a bad tax. I'm I'm I'm, I'm privileged. I, I guess if the OPT occupational privilege tax, I'm privileged to to, uh, to cast the final vote to uh, get rid of uh, this occupational privilege tax. You know, one thing in just a, a couple more minutes. Appreciate your time this morning, Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman, our guest. Uh, you know, it's not every day that in a 
large city like Aurora, and it is the third largest city in Colorado, but consistently growing, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, I haven't seen the data, but it feels like it's the fastest growing city in the state of Colorado. But when you see a big city like this actually repeal a tax, that's a big deal. That's not something that happens every week. This is just really for a start. I mean, my view is this. My view is Aurora is going to go in one direction and Denver's down a, a very you know different path. And so what I want is for the city of Aurora, Colorado, to be the economic al- alternative to Denver. Uh, because, I mean, Denver never met a tax they didn't love. <laughs> I mean, they have taxes and fees and and. And every year, uh, new things go before the voters, and they pass them every year. Um, you know, there are there are new fees imposed, and so um, you know, I just want to make sure that we're running an efficient government. I want to make sure that we're running a government that um, that increases economic opportunity by growing the economy, and not and not you know just doing transfer payments uh, to to people that that aren't working. And so uh, whether we're talking about the issue of homelessness, uh, whether we're talking about the occupational privilege tax, whether we're talking about running an efficient government in terms of fees, um, we, we are going to continue uh, to uh, go in a, in, a, in a direction that is pro-economic growth. And, and, I, and, it's, and it's going to lift – it will lift all boats uh, in this city. And so – a rising tide is, uh, I think, actually, <laughs> President Kennedy initially made that statement. Yeah, you know, when you see what Denver's doing, as you pointed out, with raising taxes and fees, you see it happening at the state level. It is squeezing small businesses, especially all across the state and in those cities. And it is a breath of fresh air, I think, for a place like Aurora to say, you know what, we are going to adopt this provision of eliminating repealing the occupational privilege tax or any tax instead of just adding on new ones that we keep seeing. So kudos to you for making that tie-breaking vote to Danielle Jurinsky, Councilwoman, for putting this forward. It's nice to see a good change of pace there in the city of Aurora. Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman, uh, we know you got to run, so thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate you checking in on this. Jimmy, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you as well, and Happy New Year. Once again, Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman joining us here on the program. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. And it's true. You don't, it's not every day that you hear of a tax being repealed. Instead, we're constantly seeing new taxes, new this, new that going into effect, especially this year. And here you have a very different change of pace. Something, a different perspective on governance like this. So uh, if I know from memory the whole list, you got Daniel Jarinsky who put forward this proposal. And of course, as Mayor Kaufman pointed out, she's a small business owner in Aurora. She uh, put it forward. Dustin Zvonik voted for it. Steve Sundberg voted for it. Francoise Bergen voted for it. Curtis Gardner voted for it. And then Mayor Mike Kaufman had to break the tie and did cast that tie-breaking vote. The opponents who want to keep the people and businesses of Aurora paying more, 
who opposed it, who voted no, were council members Ruben Medina, Juan Marcano, Allison Coombs, Angela Lawson, and Crystal Murillo. They all dissented. Look, this is a time where businesses and individuals are paying a lot. Taxes are going up. Fees, so-called, are going up. It's, the, it's a welcome change of pace indeed. Kudos to the City Council of Aurora for doing this, for actually taking action like this. Like you, you don't even hear of this much in general. So I'm sort of like, wow, very good to hear the conservative-leaning majority on the Aurora City Council is taking proactive steps to grow the economy and not constrain the economy. Not put a we know better than you sort of attitude into place. By the way, our telephone number 303-696-1971. If you'd like to join in to the festivities, we will not have another guest until Dave Copel of the Independence Institute will join us in the nine o'clock hour. And he's going to help us understand what this so-called assault weapons ban would actually do and how flagrantly unconstitutional it is. This ban has been proposed in the state house already in the legislature, not wasting any time. And it is as radical and extreme as you can go. Now, on a different topic, I teased I wanted to get into this. Folks, yesterday, what are we talking about here in the morning? The Federal Aviation Administration had a system shut down where they had to ground all domestic transport uh, air, air flights across the country, all of them, for several hours. And there's still questions as to what actually caused this. And in fact, Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation yesterday, was still not very clear on the cause. This is one of the reasons why uh, we need to get these answers and, and have this review uh, of exactly what happened, uh, because uh, we need to understand whether this reflects a systemic issue uh, and what would uh, be required so that there's no single point of failure here. Uh, again, there need to be redundancies and uh, layers and layers of protection here. Uh, this is an incredibly complex system, uh, so uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time time, but we can't allow them to uh, ever lead to this level of disruption. But he still hasn't figured out exactly what caused this level of disruption. What is he doing to fix it? What has he done in the past couple of years in terms of taking any sorts of actions here? Then there's the question of whether or not it was a cyber attack. Now, initially, they seem to kind of rule it out, but then they did not. It, it's it doesn't seem like it has the markers. Billy and I talked about this yesterday of a cyber attack. But the way in which they're approaching this still raises that question. Here is first Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday, White House press secretary, and then Pete Buttigieg, again, transportation secretary, on this prospect of a cyber attack. You heard directly from the president 
on the South Lawn uh, this morning for yourselves. As we shared this morning as well, we do not have evidence that this outage was caused by a cyber attack. The FAA is working aggressively to get to the bottom of the root causes for the system outage so that it does not happen again. Are we absolutely positive this was not the result of any nefarious activity, either domestic or foreign? We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and, uh, of course, FAA is looking uh, closely at that as well as they work to see exactly what was going on inside the files that were in this system leading to this irregularity. So, again, what I would say is there is no direct indication of any kind of external or nefarious activity, but we are not yet prepared to rule that out. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. You take some time sometimes to ascertain these things, but it does seem like they have to do some sort of reevaluation of the system that they have in place and really make sure that it is not so vulnerable potentially to external threats or even to a kind of glitch, if that's what it is, that led to the first shutdown of the entire domestic air transport system of all domestic flights since 9-11. It's stunning. Now, what's also striking is, and 303-696-1971, let me know what you think, but Pete Buttigieg keeps being plagued with problems. I've never heard so much about a Secretary of Transportation as we have in the past really year of Pete Buttigieg. And so does the president still have confidence? Do you, should the American people have confidence? Should he remain in that post? Does President Biden have confidence in Transportation Secretary Buttigieg? Yes. Why? Because Secretary Buttigieg is a, uh, is he respects uh, the secretary and the work that he has been doing. Uh, you have seen the secretary on TV. You have, heard, you have spoke, probably spoken to him uh, yourself, and they are doing everything that they can to make sure that the experience uh, that uh, Americans have uh, uh, is a good one. That's- it's not just about airlines. It's about the other transportation issues that we have seen, the ports and what's happened at ports, and the list goes on. So much to look at that makes you think, okay, this guy is either asleep at the wheel, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's in over his head, whatever it is. And you know that it was sort of a token appointment for somebody who ran for president, who has a good profile and was sort of being rewarded. And yet this position of transportation secretary is one that clearly needs somebody who could do the job and i just don't see that he's capable of doing the job what do you think 303-696-1971 text coming in by the way saying it was a cyber attack we cannot draw that conclusion uh, i mean if there's p- little tidbits that you think draw that conclusion i'd be curious what your proof is because that is um, you know, they're saying, well, we don't have any evidence. If there's a fact pattern, if there's proof that you got, please do send it my way because I'm entirely open to the possibility that this is a cyber attack. Look at what happened yesterday and how it grounded all of these domestic flights. And hundreds, thousands, I think, of flights 
were canceled yesterday. And we already have seen airlines, well, there's the phrase again, plagued with problems. All sorts of issues going on with the airlines, and then this happens? Is it possible? Yes. Is there any evidence for it? I don't know. Send it my way. 710K and US app on your smartphone, or give us a call, 303-696-1971. Whether it was a cyber attack, whether it was a glitch, whatever it is, we need a definitive answer, and we need to have a better understanding of what the Department of Transportation is actually doing about it. What steps are they taking? How could this happen if it was or wasn't a cyber attack? No matter what the cause was, why can't they even identify what the root cause was at this point? Alexa texting in, after all the lies of this administration, I would not believe anything they say. They tell us the border is closed and the economy is great. Fair enough on those two points. I think this is one where they'd have to be more transparent if they conclude Yes, there was a cyber attack or whatever this issue or that issue was that caused this. Whatever it is, they ha- this is one where they have to ultimately, I think, give an answer because there's a concrete answer. They can spin the border. They can spin the economy. You can't really spin whether or not a cyber attack is the cause of grounded Air transportation. Now, yeah, multiple texters are pointing out about Air Traffic Canada subsequently having the kind of problem that the FAA had and wondering about it being a coincidence. In fact, the it was a cyber attacks texter noting it's an informed opinion. Check out the Canadian attack. Um, yeah, I'm aware of that, just not the extent to which it's similar. I'm going to double check that um, during the break, but it is certainly plausible and they they can't rule it out. Because they don't know one way or the other. And they need an answer. Another text. Buttigieg uses military aircraft to fly to Europe with his husband for a game. That alone should cost him his gig. You know, he has been using a lot of private flights and so forth in ways that you should not be using those or taxpayer dollars. Plain and simple. I mean, look, if anybody needs to be fired from the Biden administration, it's definitely, well, other than Biden or Harris, but they can't be fired. It's definitely Alejandro Mayorkas, number one, from the southern border. Homeland Security Secretary. And number two, Pete Buttigieg. Secretary of Transportation. They both should go and be replaced by people who are competent and taking these issues seriously. Come on, guys. Get with the program. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you want to join in to the festivities. We'll pick up on the conversation about Buttigieg and the FAA, the grounding of flights, cyber attack, and more coming up on the other side. Plus, Blues Rock lost an icon yesterday in the legendary Jeff Beck. We will talk about and remember 
the life and legacy of Jeff Beck coming up as well. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler. You're listening to News Talk 710 KNUS. Welcome back. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler this morning. News Talk 710-KNUS. Talking a little bit about the FAA issues yesterday that grounded all domestic flights in the United States. Should Biden have confidence in Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation? Does President Biden have confidence in Transportation Secretary Buttigieg? Yes. Why? Because Secretary Buttigieg is a uh, is he respects uh, the secretary and the work that he has been doing. Uh, you have seen the secretary on TV. You have heard, you have spoke probably spoken to him uh, yourself, and they are doing everything that they can to make sure that the experience uh, that uh, Americans have uh, uh, is a good one. That- a good one. When has the transportation system in the last couple of years under Pete Buttigieg been a good one? By the way, if it does require upgrades, if the problem is that we need to upgrade the systems, why isn't Pete Buttigieg making the case? And for that matter, we're conservatives. We want lower taxes. We want smaller government. But this transportation infrastructure is, of course, one of the fundamental roles of government, particularly in contemporary society. In fact, it has national security implications. This is why Eisenhower built the U.S. highway system back in the 50s was because we were in the midst of the Cold War and we needed to be able to transport materials, goods and people much more easily. It was the constitutional basis, really, for the U.S. highway system. Similarly, that's why you need to have the feds controlling, overseeing air traffic. That is viable, it is important, it is necessary for the feds. It's one of the few roles that the federal government needs to be responsible for. So are you willing to pay for more upgrades to the transportation system, particularly for air traffic control? Now, hopefully, the infrastructure bill that they passed back in 2021 was least uh, somewhat providing funds for this effort, but I don't recall the extent to which it is. But that is a question. But neither here nor there. Here's the, the one that was coming up in the last segment. Listeners texting in, cyber attack, cyber attack. Well, this is what the administration says about that. You heard directly from the president on the South Lawn uh, this morning for yourselves. As we shared this morning as well, we do not have evidence that this outage was caused by a cyber attack. The FAA is working aggressively to get to the bottom of the root causes for the system outage so that it does not happen again. Are we absolutely positive this was not the result of any nefarious activity, either domestic or foreign? We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and, uh, of course, FAA is looking uh, closely at that as well as they work to see exactly what was going on inside the files that were in this system leading to this irregularity. So, again, what I would say is there is no direct indication of any kind of external or nefarious activity, but we are not yet prepared to rule that out. The outage was of the FAA's notice to air 
missions system, which sends pilots vital information they need to fly. This was a, the result of a corrupted file that, as NBC News reported, affected both the primary and the backup systems, according to a senior government official last night. Uh, adding that they are continuing to investigate. Well, a similar issue was, as listeners have been texting, pointing out, reminding us, was uh, or took place in Canada yesterday with their own NOTAM entry system. And that was out for a few hours. Now, their spokesperson for the nonprofit organization based in Ottawa said that NAV Canada was still investigating the root cause of the failure as of Wednesday afternoon, but said she didn't believe the cause was related to the Federal Aviation Administration autumn system outage earlier in the day. They don't believe that. Now, I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. I can understand why people would wonder and ask the question, is this a cyber attack or conclude, ah, there's a good chance that it is. It's entirely possible. But here's the thing. You can't jump to that kind of conclusion without evidence or a basis that is beyond what we're seeing vis-a-vis United States and Canada. One could say, oh, well, obviously. No, you got to bring more to the table than just that, which maybe you have. Maybe you have specific reasons behind drawing that conclusion. Call in 303-696-1971 or text into the show on the 710K and US app. But I'm not going to draw some conclusion, oh, my gosh, this was a cyber attack without any real knowledge of the specifics, the technicality, et cetera. Is it possible? Again, yes. But that's neither here nor there as to whether or not Pete Buttigieg should stay as transportation secretary, whether or not this is a significant issue. It may be a cyber attack issue. It may be just systems that are outdated. Whatever the cause is, there's a problem here, and it has to be resolved. Now, will that problem be solved by having a more competent secretary of transportation? Well, it certainly would help. It certainly would help. But maybe more money needs to go to upgrading these systems. Text coming in. The only good thing about Pete being the secretary of education is I believe every day he silently chants, I hate this job. I hate this job. He probably accepted it thinking he could skate by having uh, skate by by having the people below him doing actual work. Not surprising he is so awful. As mayor of a small town, he could not even get potholes handled. Here is a concept. Hire people who are actually competent and can perform the job. Amen. Also, another text. Jimmy, if the taxpayers in Colorado and the United States don't like the way this country is being handled, then they need to stop voting for Democrats. Colorado whines about the price of a plastic bag. They should have done something about polis when they had the chance and they blew it. It's more important for them to keep their marijuana, their mushrooms, and their homeless, I guess. I think we've seen that very few of these Democrats qualified for the jobs that you can start with the president. Uh, Jobs they have, you can start with the president. Well, that goes to Pete Buttigieg specifically right there, that he ran for president. And then you find out, oh, well, he's actually not very well up to the jobs. That are before him, whether that was mayor of South Bend, Indiana, or secretary of transportation. As to the point about Democrats and voting, look, I I think Coloradans who did vote against Polis et al. have every right 
to complain and to gripe about it. Not necessarily so much those who did. But yours truly, I'm definitely going to be speaking about it. It's a real pain. And it's frustrating to have these nanny staters in charge. Despite my best efforts and yours to vote the bums out. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. If you want to join in to the festivities, keep the text coming. We will get to one that came in about Jeff Beck coming up a little later in the program as well. But what do you think? Should Pete Buttigieg stay? Is he as incompetent as he seems? What do you make of it? And do you have evidence more than just something similar happened between the United States and Canada that justifies calling it a cyber attack, what happened yesterday. Also, Biden, a second batch of classified documents was uncovered by his lawyers. So they say. What happened? Are there more? Will there be more? What are your expectations? 303-696-1971. And you can text into the show on the 710K and US app. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger, filling in for George Brockler. Got to take a break. We'll be back on the other side. Denver's local talk leader, News Talk, 710K and US. Ten minutes to eight o'clock, Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler, News Talk 710-KNUS. Thanks for joining us. 44 degrees. Looks like that's going to be the high today or thereabouts in the Denver metro area. Let's call it low 40s. It doesn't look like we got snow in the forecast. Partly cloudy. We'll see what happens with the weather. Uh, actually, mostly sunny. That's a little better than partly cloudy, or is that the same as partly cloudy? I don't know. Sometimes the weather terminology gets a little confusing. 303-696-1971. Pete Buttigieg is the Secretary of Transportation. And gosh, he seems to have a heck of a lot of problems going on. Let's continue the conversation with John, who joins us now. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning, Jimmy. I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Good to have you. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to talk about the NOTAMs and give you a little background information, if you'd like. Yes, sir. Okay, Notice to Air Missions. That's a new name. It used to be Notice to Airmen, but that was changed in the last uh, 24 months. Okay. The NOTAM... Um, the NOTAM system provides several types of information to aviators. It provides airport conditions. It, like, for example, um, the relative slickness of a runway, whether it's wet or ice-covered. Um, it also covers communication, uh, communication at airports, for example, or it but also include and does include information on radio navigation. And these NOTAMs are published on an as-needed basis mm-hmm. and have different time fuses that they uh, that they are uh, that they're in effect for. Right. 
By the way, John, uh, just for background, because you and I know each other, uh, you are a pilot, right? Yes, sir. A commercial aviator for okay. 10 years. Okay. So just to give you a little bit of, so you know you know what you're talking about. So what do you make of the outages yesterday? Uh, that's a big outage. It really disrupted the uh, transportation system, as you know. Um, no real comment on the outage source itself, although it's extremely unusual to have nav canada go down at approximately the same time i think it was just shortly thereafter but yeah i mean close enough uh, in that regard i mean do you think do you agree with me that we need to see more before one can truly draw a conclusion that there was something nefarious going on not only from that standpoint but i think we need more information before people can conclusively say that there wasn't anything serious. Fair enough. I think that's very important, especially when it is possible that something could have been up. And that is why I do think it's acceptable for the Biden administration to say, well, we're not entirely sure yet. Do your investigation. But gosh, it would be nice to get this resolved pretty quickly, at least to find out what the problem was, so then we can figure out what the solution needs to be, John. Absolutely. This is a very, it's a somewhat, I, I don't know if I can say very complex system. It's a database and uh, essentially a fancy spreadsheet of uh, information that is uh, generated uh, on a location basis. Mm. Hey, it, it, yes, v- very informative call, John. I got to run, but I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. Sir. You as Bye-bye. well. John's line is open. 303-696-1971. Let's go to Brian in Arvada. Good morning, Brian. What's going on? Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Going fine. What's up? Well, you know, I, I, my friend's mom worked for United for, uh, you know, 20 plus years and sure. she retired. She said these systems rarely go down without yes. a warning. Mm-hmm. With like, If it's outdated system, there's warning signs where, okay, this system's starting to fail. These glitches are very rare that just, boom, it's a glitch. And so I'm not going to make any presumptions, and neither is she, but it said that is very rare for an outdated system not to show signs well, and just all of a sudden here, go out. So that's that's entirely reasonable, but it is also entirely reasonable to to think that those alarms could have been sort of going off or giving some kind of signals, but they're completely unattended to. We are talking about the federal government here. Well, oh, you're right. Your bureaucracy, of course, you know. Um, and my other point is, you know, first of all, the press secretary is totally out of her league. I mean, she never said an intelligent sentence that she didn't read verbatim. You know, I mean, take a public speaking 101 course and actually, you know, go over your notes so you're not reading something, a statement that makes us feel all at ease because that that statement didn't make me feel at ease. And then she said the reason we should have conf- that the president has confidence in in uh, Buttigieg is because we've seen him on TV and because Ducey's talked to him <laughs> in the hallway and because uh, he he hopes we all have a good experience traveling like though. And he said, why not? Now it's how. So she's just she's she's she, I can't even listen to her. But that that's what we have. But th- th- to my next point is. That's what we have for Buttigieg, someone who's not qualified to be in that position. It's a token position because he ran for president. Um, And here we are. We need to get to the bottom of this because this is a major – I mean, 
Look how many people fly. We're flying in April. God forbid something happens in the air. Um, I hope these pilots can fly instrument-free. You know, my, my father-in-law was a small-engine pilot. He had to learn it. He had to get his instrument-free license, mm-hmm. you know, uh, t- training. I don't know, but if we're getting grounded, sure, something's going on, Jimmy. And Buttigieg isn't the guy that he has no transportation right. experience. Well, here's so the why thing. he's in charge of getting to the bottom of this? That's very true. Brian, I appreciate I'm, I'm the worried. call, though. Those are very important questions. I I would like to think that we'll get things sorted out. But is Buttigieg the guy to do it? I don't think so there. We'll pick up the conversation in the next hour. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. KNUS, stay with us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.